Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely role players, where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Role Players, we improvise stories to entertain you, and of course, to entertain ourselves. And we use role playing games to keep those stories going places even we can't see coming. Because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This is Act One of Vigil Chief Exec, one of our main house productions. The main house is where we stage ongoing serial stories with characters and plots that develop and unfold over several productions. Vigil is one of those serial stories, the story of the outsiders and weirdos who step up to defend their neighbours from monsters and worse, after the government cuts their town's official team of paranormal investigators. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. Chief Exec is the eighth production in the Vigil story. You don't need to have caught up on the first seven to enjoy Chief Exec, but they do share a setting, characters, and some ongoing plot threads. So if the backstory hinted at in this production piques your interest, I'd suggest going back and checking out Vigil Bad Dog and Vigil All Aboard. Or you could always scroll back to Vigil Playtime and follow the whole tale from the beginning. Starting now, we'll be releasing a new act of Chief Exec every other week. And to keep you going through the weeks in between, sometimes we'll release backstage episodes that give you a peek behind the scenes. Stay tuned for the first one of those next week. In the meantime, please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil a Merely Role Player's main house production. Chief Exec, Act 1 of 5. Let's meet the players for this brand new main house production. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh, and I am playing Ginny Greenteeth, the Spellslinger. Hi, my name is Vicky, and I'm playing Renko the Flake. Hi, I'm Nat. I'm playing Gwyneth, the Divine. Hello, I'm Martha, and I'm playing Harper, the Searcher. Has anybody been away for a long time? When did we last hear all of these uh, people? Me! I haven't been in it for ages. <laughs> and after a campaign of shouting at Matt, he finally let me in another vigil. <laughs> you were just so meddlesome last time. We had to yeah. bench you for a time. Made too many yeah. mistakes. He's like, right, yeah. let's just leave him yeah. out for a while. If you got too cross over not being able to find the right cable <laughs> and stressing out, we thought it was mm-hmm. best that you took a break. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're well, on probation, is it? Sure. I'm totally cool <laughs> with that. Was the last thing you were in a vigil? Or? No, uh, I've done loads of 
of done other things, uh, but the last I vigil was Bad Dog, wasn't it? Yes, oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. almost two years ago that we recorded <laughs> that one. So that is shocking. Crazy, shocking. isn't it? But yes, I uh, I lost everything in that episode, uh, in that, that series, <laughs> and then Matt benched me for two years, and I've just been slowly <laughs> bubbling and boiling away, <laughs> plotting well, my revenge. Now is your moment on Max Dashwood and on Matt. <laughs> Uh, I was last in Falling Cadence, which was mm-hmm. out relatively recently, and my last vigil was Quarry, which was recorded nearly a year ago. Love yeah. Quarry. Yeah. Such a good time. Series. A good time. Such, yeah. So much blood. Mm-hmm. So much blood in that So series, much aristocracy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> last scene, somewhat unconscious, uh, at the end of uh, All Aboard, was, was Gwyn. Harper was around for the first and last time <laughs> um, in All Aboard. I think that's, and that's, yeah, I think mm. that's it. Mm. We've got a, a group with, uh, Gwyneth has met many of these people before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then we, at the other end of the spectrum, we have uh, Renko, who has never interacted with any of these people well, on mic before. What is double, yeah, what is double exciting is that's not just true for Renko, but Vicky has <laughs> never sat around the table with any of the other three players, ah. even though Josh and Nat and I have been merely role-playing for actual donkeys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the deal there? Is it something that you message Matt and you're yeah, like, listen, yeah, yeah. there's it. only certain yeah. people I yeah, want to yeah. do series that's with, it. yeah? That's it. I'm and like, mm, if you could just... Oh, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was the other way around is that Matt knew that we would be too powerful a combination. <sighs> True. Mm. That's the one. So that's the one. Kept I've, apart. I've actually been... Sorry, Josh, about this, but I've been mentioning to Matt that I haven't played with Nat around the table for a million role players for approximately three years. <laughs> and I keep bringing that up, and then I was like, oh yeah, and Josh. I'm, and I'm so finally good. powerful enough to cope yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah. If it makes fine. you feel better, I've... I'd never met Matt in person before today. <laughs> so, like, you've done so much online. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all been digital. First time around the table, period. Yeah. So, this is very exciting. Should we, yeah. just, should we just hang out rather than like, play <laughs> yeah, this sorry, game? Guys. This End of like, episode. This, you know, you finish these and you're tired, you're headachey, mm-hmm. you're a bit emotionally exhausted. Like, let's just go and get brunch or oh, go yeah, get but a I've done so much prep, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> it's Emotional trauma. <laughs> <laughs> no, Can't know. deal with it. Oh, it's going to be a very interesting energy around the table today. Mm. <laughs> yeah. How would you say, Matt, you feel about the four of these characters all coming together? Like, do, do you plot, you know, a bit of, bit of backstage um, info for the not, audience? Not in terms of planning out I want this particular dynamic, but I like when, when I work out who is going to be in one it's like oh that's an interesting thing like we've got two very folksy woodsy people and two slightly more modern urban people in this one how that's going to interact and as per the details in my contract with merely role players <laughs> Nat has to be in every vigil <laughs> and most studio shows that I ever do this is like six in a row or something like that. I've never played with either of you and the two of you have played together every so. single time yeah. I'm like I will yeah. finally be the old lady the only old folksy one no. and Gwyn just flies in it's like we stopped playing home games games together as well because yeah. we were in all of those together right. we yep. too much too much, too much <laughs> man yeah and I still get our names confused yeah. so yeah. And I, I was still on track for that as well so. yeah yeah and I guarantee I'm going to do your accent at some point <laughs> yeah. mistake because I, I just I, I power it off of people so Sticks. damn it uh, I can't be helped yeah <laughs> I feel like uh, with this energy we are all about ready to take the stage would you agree <laughs> yes I would agree <laughs> Renko your phone rings it's Joan Noble, your contact, who you used to work with at the Department of Emissions. Now you're on furlough. She's left entirely and is working as a chemist. And a little while ago, you called in a favour from Joan to analyse some weird blood. I certainly did. How do you feel when you see her name come up on your caller ID? 
Uh, I think I'm probably a little frustrated because I think she never got back to me about the, you know, I, it was quite a high pressure situation and I wanted answers more immediately than I think. And so I, I'm, I'm keen to know what she's got to say, but also maybe slightly nervous that there might be a favour that I now owe her. Like I might now owe her something in return. And as Renko picks up the phone, uh, remind us what Renko looks like. Uh, so Renko is a woman in her late 30s. Um, she tends to be wearing a kind of slightly shabby work attire left over from her time working for the Department of Emissions. So it's kind of like a very plain grey or beige suit with a white shirt. I think she's probably got her sleeves like her sleeves rolled up and the jacket off. If she's in busy mode, then that's that's how she makes herself comfortable. Yeah, if you are in busy mode, whereabouts are you when you get this call? Maybe in my like home office or something like that. Like I'm just doing paper. Renko's always doing paperwork at the beginning of a mystery, so she's doing some paperwork. I don't think we've seen Renko's apartment before. It's incredibly spare and yes. sparse. Yeah, I think Renko has actually like has a lot of like personal connections to Sheridan and has lived there for a long time. But I think because she was first of all working for the department, she was assuming that she would always get called upon to go and live somewhere else. And she probably had like department funding for whatever accommodation she had. And then when she went on furlough, she didn't really have any more money to furnish it appropriately. So uh, it's always just been a kind of feeling like something that's quite temporary and maybe not particularly lived in. Because she's always been expecting that she would just need to move on at any moment and never has. Looks like you moved in this week or are moving out this week. exactly. Bit of both, yeah. Not like someone who's lived here all her life. Renko, hi. Hi, Joan. How's it going? Uh, It's it's going. You know how it is. I do. I do indeed know how it is, Joan. Yeah. Um, You probably guessed from the fact that I'm phoning that... I want something out of you. I mean, I did assume that, uh, you know, I did call in a favour and it was quite a lot of, I know it was quite a lot of work for you. So, um, you know, even though I didn't get anything useful from it, I'm happy to, I'm happy to help within reason. Hey, look, it it busted my machinery, okay? The readouts were absolute nonsense. They wouldn't have helped you. But still, and you know, it's not exactly a tit for tat thing. It's just, it's about my electoral registration and my voter ID. And I know that you never actually worked for the council, but I know you took your cover a bit mm-hmm. more seriously than the rest of the members of your team. So maybe you know a little bit more about how things work there. Maybe you still know some people who work in the town hall. It's uh, just you know the you know the um, the mayoral elections coming up. Yeah, yeah. And um, normally I wouldn't be bothered, but you know there's this wild card candidate suddenly, and I'm thinking I might actually vote for her. So I need to get it sorted and it's a little bit late in the day and there's something funky going on with, you know, they need voter ID now. Mm, yes, yeah. I don't have a passport, I don't have a driving licence, so I need to apply for this thing. And they're saying I need to come in during office hours at the town hall to pick it up. Um, and I, I can't get away from work during that time. So I know that you're a little bit more flexible. So I was wondering if you could go there and sort it out for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I know, but I know a, a whole lot of people that work there. So yeah, I'm sure I can go and I can go and pick that up for you. I mean, voting's very important. So yeah, I'm happy to happy to help in this case. You'd be doing me a real solid. Yeah, yeah. I can, uh, I can go and do that. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, whenever's good for you, but obviously I need it before polling day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have some free time today. Actually, maybe I'll just pop by pop by today, and then I can drop it around for you. Oh, fantastic! You're an absolute saint. We're totally quits after this. Anything you need. Great. Well, thanks, Joan. Uh, I'll, I'll be in touch if there's anything else I need from you to um, to get that sorted. 
So, Renko, how much attention have you been paying up to this point to the upcoming mayoral elections? I think it depends on whether or not Renko thinks there's anything going on that's not above board. Renko would know already that the incumbent mayor, Jackie Danbrook, Mm -hmm. is a... Not especially high-ranking, rank, but still a member of the English Sorcery Guild. Right. She is a, a, a wizard of some description. Okay, um, so I would be interested in her. And, I again, I don't know how much attention Renko pays to the news or to, like, stuff coming through her letterbox. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Would you have uh, heard much about this new wildcard candidate that's I, running against her? I feel like I would be aware mm-hmm. of who they were. I think it probably is true that Renko is not super invested in <laughs> anything related to like what she would consider to be like mundane activities. But because a member of the English Sorcery Guild is the current mayor, she's like interested, but from that perspective, like only in the perspective of like, if there's the potential for, like, what's the potential for trouble? What's the potential for something out of the ordinary going on? So probably somewhere in your flat right now is a flyer that has come through your door at some point in the last week announcing the candidacy of Boudicca Morgan, who is running under the campaign slogan, Boudicca Morgan will fight for this community. Mm. And it has a a picture of a black-haired, noble-featured woman on the flyer. Would I know anything about that person's background? Like her Only background. if you've looked into it. I probably haven't, because that does just feel like... Like, it's the mayoral election. I'm probably assuming that Jackie's going to win. So unless anything else pops up, I'm not going to question it. Like, I would have just looked at the flyer, logged that, and then moved on. Jackie's absolutely the, like... Um, everybody just votes for her because she's kind of, in, kind yeah. of inoffensive. Yeah. Like, she doesn't do anything to piss anybody yeah. off. That kind of candidate. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and politics must be quite difficult because you see through people's lies. So yes. for you politicians, speaking is like, lie, yeah. lie, lie, yeah. lie, 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 <laughs> Maybe that's why I've always appreciated Jackie, because I'm like, you know, she's not no, she doesn't excessive in the mm-hmm. lying, just the normal amount, rather mm. than yeah. being like, oh, this person is clearly hiding something, like, full corruption. Spin rather than hate yeah. lies. Yeah. 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 So, Renko, you know that this thing that Joan's asking you to do is absolutely the sort of thing that is best done by going physically to the town hall and buttonholing somebody in person. Yeah. Ginny Greenteeth. Mm. Last time we saw you, the CEO of Lundor Group, Max Dashwood, had just turned up on your turf, in your grove of oddities, in your stone circle in the woods and informed you that he was going to buy that land and that there was nothing you could do about it. And then he teleported away in a very rude way. <laughs> rude way obnoxious teleporting. Yeah. <gasps> Cabal! I'm, I'm just going to put obnoxious teleport next to his name as a way of remembering who he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that will help. See, I've just written bastard next to his <laughs> yeah, name, yeah, yeah. so that's how I <laughs> remember honest, it. that's usually what I do. Yeah. Yeah, I just hate this dude so much. Well, tell us, how have you been attempting to fight this, if you have? Uh, and how is Ginny feeling? Ginny's cross, Matt. Ginny is very upset. (laughs) Ginny knows that this isn't just a coup to take over a small business because the Grove of Odysseys on the shop is about something bigger. It's sort of like a protective gate around uh, that protects the forest and the portals to the Fae and therefore the town. And so she knows it's just the sort of start of what the uh, Sorcerer's Guild will do. They'll, They'll start at the gift shop and they will end with taking over the whole town. So she's furious. Has she fought it? How much time has passed? Roughly. Several months at the very Ooh. least. Okay. You've been receiving letters 
or none of which are sort of rude or bullying. They're all just very, very matter of fact, informing you at what stage the sale is. You know that the situation with land ownership in the UK is very arcane. So you probably don't actually own the land you're on. Some organisation somewhere or maybe some department of the crown might own it. And so they're dealing directly with that and they're just sending letters to inform you what stage things are at. And in the same way a lot of wizards might, in the heat of battle, surround themselves with a wall of fire or a wall of wind or a wall of ice, Max Dashwood appears to have surrounded himself with a wall of lawyers. Mm. Oh, that's the worst wall! (laughs) That was one of my my options on my character sheet, but I didn't want to do it. Wall of lawyers, yeah. So, So however Ginny has been dealing with this situation, the one thing that she has not categorically been able to do is contact Max Dashwood again. So I think she's tried to fight it, but she knows it's unlikely to work. She's not au fait enough with modern rules and modern laws. And so she's she, she's she's tried to contact him. She's tried to sort it out, but it's just gone nowhere. I have another big question: Has she been evicted yet? I'm just With thinking that. that maybe she's left the site and mm-hmm. is now in the woods, sulking and mm. plotting and planning her revenge. Nobody has come around to kick you out of your home yet, mm-hmm. but it's quite possible that it doesn't feel like home as much as it did mm. before. So I see it as she's already started to evict herself because she doesn't want them to the bailiffs and whoever else to swoop in while I've got all the magic arcane stuff in there. And and just the indignity of being like an old lady thrown out of your mm. cottage. Yeah, that's sad. It would it would look good publicity wise <laughs> on the front page of the Sherry Down Gazette. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that would be very damaging for Max Dashwood. But I don't think he cares. Uh-huh. And the thing is like Ginny can't <laughs> fight it. Because they're more powerful than she is magic-wise. She mm-hmm. can't just blow everybody away and, and summon a storm because Max da- Dashwood has got his wall of lawyers and his obnoxious teleportation spells. Yeah. So <laughs> they're powerful, right? Yeah, and the latest thing is that this is the sort of thing that really... And this is probably what your neighbours are advising you to do, sort of both the, the magical ones that we've met and, and any other neighbours that you happen to have. Maybe the National Trust team in the forest might have advised you about this. This is the sort of thing the council should be helping you fight. But, of course, they've been stonewalling as well, because, as we know, Jackie Danbrook, the mayor, is a member of the English Sorcery Guild. Max Dashwood is an incredibly high up bigwig in the English Sorcery Guild. The current council is very much in his pocket. Mm. I smell corruption. Yeah. Mm. They, this is what they do. They, they push and they bully us in, in, in Sheridan, because we've just, there's just so much potential and power and good nature in this town. But the bigger boys come in and push us around and... It's not fair. So I think it's probably Adrienne at the National Trust team who bullies you in in the nicest possible way into coming with her to the town hall to actually try and talk to somebody at the council. Renko, mm-hmm. you used to work uh, in the in the town hall yep. uh, when you were a full fledged member of the Department of Emissions. What's something that made the town hall of Sheridan a frustrating place to work? I think uh, only one set of toilets, and they're really far away from where everyone works. It's just a long walk every time you need to go to the bathroom. That is kind of emblematic of the building as a whole. Everything inside the town hall of Sheridan is badly signposted in a way that feels intentional. Surgery and office hours are not easy to find on the website, all that kind of thing. It all just feels like there's a lot of kind of obfuscation going on, and not anything... Sort of, there are no big signs saying "Do not come here and talk to the council," 
but there's just all of these little hurdles and barriers that are put in the way. And so Adrienne drags Ginny into the main foyer of the town hall, uh, just as Renko is also arriving. Hello, Antigone. Oh, God. How are you keeping? (laughs) Hi, Ginny. Um, I'm good, thank you. And as we've previously discussed, surnames only. Why did you call me Ginny then and not Green Tea? Oh, uh, well, because you use your first name with everyone else, but I don't use my Listen, 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 let, let's, let's not quibble and dibble and fiddle. You are so infuriating. I've been brought, I've been brought here. The bastards are trying to intimidate me. I've been dragged in here by Adrian, you know, the girl with the oh, green hair. Hi, Adrian, oh, she's good standing to see right you. Yeah, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's been there the whole time. Yeah. She's dragged me down here to go and speak to some of these bureaucratic bastards and try and get a decision overturned, but it won't be overturned. She, she's just taking all her frustration out on us at the moment. We hear, we don't hear the end of it. I thought we needed to direct it at the people who can actually do something about it. Do you know who you need to speak to? Uh, not exactly, but we just I just thought it was worth sort of pointing Ginny no. at no. the town hall and letting her Absolutely fly. Absolutely not. Okay, well, that's one option. Waste but of time. I'm wondering if there is a slight alternative. I have a very specific errand that I uh, need to... This is why I'm here. But I'm wondering if we can find... Somebody who would be the right person to speak to, because I agree we should be talking to somebody, but maybe not just letting Jenny fly out the town hall itself. I agree. I agree. We should take it higher. I've said <laughs> what we need to do is exact swift revenge. No. I've got a lot of powerful friends in the Fae that will be willing to fight for us. And I mean fight. I don't yeah. mean fight with pencils yeah. like you do, my love. Yeah. I mean take the battle mm-hmm. to Max yeah. Dashwood and blow that whole bloody building to bits. Yeah. Renko, you see Adrienne has taken several steps <laughs> back and is ex- extricating herself from this yeah. situation. I, I understand, and that is definitely a course of action that is available to us should we need it. But in the meantime, let's just see if there is somebody who can help us. I've been training. I've been coming up and plotting with all sorts of big magic that we can do to take okay. the organisation down. Okay, and, and we should talk about that later, but we shouldn't talk about that here. When mm. the mayor is a member of the English Sorcery Guild. Cut to... <laughs> Renko and Ginny sitting on plastic bucket chairs in a corridor <laughs> outside a door with like a, a office hours sign on it, which says that it should be open right now, mm. but it does not seem to be. You're by kind of a big bank of windows. Uh, you can see it's a relatively pleasant but slightly overcast kind of day. Uh, you've been waiting here for about half an hour and the energy is starting to bleed mm-hmm. out of the situation. <laughs> Is there like an incredibly obnoxiously loud clock? Yes. Oh, yeah. Just going one, yeah. And it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's off. Antigone, sorry. Ms. Renko. Firstly, I can't believe that you've talked me into sitting down on this uncomfortable chair for such an ungodly amount of time. Will, will you join me? I know that you're trying to do this by the book, and that is your prerogative, but have you thought about... This is goes beyond small government. This goes beyond the mayor. This goes so much higher up. We need to take action. We need to get as many people together as possible. We need to call on all of our friends. We we need to get Cameron here. We, we need to get Graham here. We, we need to we need to find Mick and we need to find Briar. We need to bring everybody together and and we need to fight. So let's just pack all this in and let's just go home. And I would like to try and manipulate her. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> First roll of the production. Uh, this is Monster of the Week. And in Monster of the Week, when we want to do something like manipulate someone, we roll two six-sided dice, add them together, and add an appropriate rating. Okay, so I'm attempting to manipulate another hunter. 
Renko. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a minus one to charm because no one takes me seriously. But I do have a plus one when I'm manipulating doom. Oh, ah, interesting. So this is just a straight roll. Okay. Yeah? Should yeah. we just see what happens? It's a seven. On a seven to nine, they mark experience if they do what you ask. Think about it. It's at this moment that it happens. A second sun blooms in the sky through the windows above Sheridan. Oh dear. Yeah, second sun's never a good sign, is it? I think maybe we've got bigger problems than this. (laughs) The clouds shred in a circle around this blazing light, and it's hard to look upon, but in the moment it manifests before you're forced to turn your eyes away, you see hovering in the sky above Sheridan at about the height of like a 12 or 13 storey building, the size of a private jet, a maddening whirligig of spinning, meshing silver wheels, blazing white eyes and blurring peacock feathers. And a voice rattles the window panes and eardrums of all of Sheridan. Better the devil you know. And it disappears. Steps are here. (laughs) (laughs) It disappears. The second sun is gone. Everything's gone. Back to normal. The hole in the cloud remains, but you see the clouds now start to sort of drift in a normal normal pattern and kind of fill it in. Uh, I walk over to the window and look outside. Is the scene serene, peaceful, or is everybody going, what on earth was that? You see a lot of people looking up at the sky. You see some phones out pointing at the sky. Uh, You see, uh, in fact, not pointing at the sky anymore. You see most of the people out there, like, on their phones. Or talking to each other frantically. And then they're going to, I mean, most people are going to then forget what's happened, maybe. Renko, this is probably a good time to roll your beginning of session move. I thought it might be. (laughs) At the beginning of a mystery, the flake rolls a move called Connect the Dots. Yep. Here we go. Let's go. Big roll. It's a five, six, seven, eight. On a seven to nine, you hold one yeah. to ask a question. One question. Mystery. Oh, can I have my token? Yeah, get in. Oh, she gets yes. stuff. As the two of you stare out the window at the scene, and as the wheels of Renko's mind begin to mm-hmm. turn and try and connect the dots, Gwyneth. Yes. Your living situation's changed since we last saw you. Yeah, I think living in Briar's Tree has been uh, a nice time while she's been getting used to modern life, but also living in a, a commune of Fae is also has its downsides. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of noise all the time, and you you never like you can't own things. The minute you get a walkie-talkie that you're supposed to be responsible for, like you put it down, it's gone missing. So that, in combination with uh, an incredible amount of uh, guilt, I think, <laughs> has led Gwynedd to currently be occupying the uh, the abbey that le- that Percy left vacant. Um, I think she's been rattling around in there. So knowing that it was sort of ultimately, theoretically, a, a good thing and Percy chose to go over and accord, it wasn't like she was destroyed or killed or, or kidnapped or otherwise. That's, you know... Gwyn has not been sent on some kind of holy vengeance quest to, to recover her. That's okay. But has definitely been rattling around the Abbey, feeling a, a little bit uh, 
without purpose for a bit, I think, because she'd spent a little while watching over. Um, and it's been sort of not really moving Percy's belongings, but also sort of trying to figure out, well, I'm, I'm not used to things, but should I, I don't know, should I put this differently? I don't, I, she's been just trying to figure out what this is like. Sort of m- milling around the Frankenstein's laboratory that was yeah. uh, Percy's tower laboratory. Her maps and things are still spread out uh, on the the big table. There are devices around that Gwyneth probably has no way to fathom what they do. Um, And also uh, at a little writing desk in the corner, Gwyn finds a stack (gasps) of hand-addressed letters. Oh my gosh, there's actual letters! Darling Gwyn, subtle as you have been in your execution of it, I know you believe that you have a duty to protect me. Please don't feel that my departure signals a failing of any kind on your part. Since I arrived, I have been planning to leave. However the parting comes about, I feel sure that your protection has played an important role in getting me to where I needed to be. In recent weeks, I have felt that my exit may be imminent, so I must take this chance to confess... I have seen the ring that you wear. It is sister to my time travel amulet. I know not whether it contains a power of its own, but I do know that you will look after it and prevent it from falling into the wrong hands, lest it does retain some power or other. Perhaps it will also serve as a reminder of our friendship, which cannot be diminished by our separation. With thanks for your loyalty and your companionship, Percy. Ooh. I think Gwyn has been wearing the, the ring that she found, uh, which historically we said had somehow made its way into her nest when she was a duck, and she still had it, probably on a chain about her neck. And will have taken comfort from that, but still would have been like, this is not... Uh, the, what Emotions? What are emotions? These are mortal things. I'm not sure what to do with this. This is the day after the strange manifestation in the sky. Oh, okay. Wow. Which... Gwyn also witnessed from wherever yes. she was at the time. Also present in uh, Percy's tower uh, in this scene is Harper. Hello. Hello. <laughs> what what brings the two of you together in this particular time? Is it a reaction to the manifestation, the apparition in the sky? Or what did you have a pre-existing arrangement? I wonder if Gwyn has only mm. just found these and only just mm. sort of had not had a chance to give them to everyone else. It's just sort of a, well, this is Percy's place and I'm going to mm-hmm. guard it until she comes back. For a little while, but then we'll eventually have sort of come out to see other people again. So maybe we've been in contact somehow. I think Gwyn does have a phone now. Maybe. <laughs> like, but is not is really not sure. That maybe it's I can send Percy's old phone. phone. Yeah, maybe oh, it's Percy's old phone. It's uh, trying figuring out the mobular telephone, but you know how those things work. Yes, yeah, I can teach you. Don't worry, Granny. Yeah. yeah, I think Harper. Between the last time we saw them and the Great Fire. She got to know some more of the hunters and probably Percy, and they realized they had some things in common, specifically their love for investigating and martial arts, and that she might have, like, been invited at some point, or they were training together. She she would have found a way of having them hang out. 
and at some point maybe been invited into the Abbey's Tower. And when she saw what was in there, she was like, oh my goodness, it's a treasure trove. This is amazing. Uh, she was just like, how do I get my hands on this stuff? And then probably didn't realize Percy was gone for a while because she wasn't about when that happened. Texted her on the phone and Gwyn responded. Yes. Mm. And was like, oh, there's something you should know. But this is Gwyn we're talking about, emotion. So (laughs) they probably got together, figured that out. And then when I saw that you had moved into Percy's place and you were kind of like... (laughs) <laughs> what yeah, do I do? Yeah. I've sort of like been hanging out there with you and being like, I'm going to help you keep things in order. Can we say that this is the first time that someone else has yes. come over and Gwyn has some vague idea that you're supposed to be a host mm. and do things like put the tea on. Mm. Yes. But in Briar's tree, that just kind of happens because mm. magic. <laughs> so now there is a kettle situation. Mm. And Harper is American. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got, got a roll shot to see if you can turn the kettle on. No, one, no one's may have any oh. We're having curls water. We've been so, teabagging. So we begin this scene with you both trying to put out a fire in the kitchen. No, 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 not the map. Yeah, and also Harper is really trying to uncurl the issues with time travel and the fact that if Percy's now back in her own time. How is all of this shit still here? Because then she wouldn't have come here in the first place or she would have lived her whole life in the past. And then did she leave clues for us? There's this stuff we're missing. What's going on? How does this work? Also trying to help and yeah, sort of compiling and getting a lot more information. I guess like Sheridan specific information, which she didn't maybe have before. She's more into the the weird either in general in the UK or coming from the States and trying to make connections, but this town is a freaking mystery. She's mm-hmm. like, she's in college. She has she has, she has classes, she has mm-hmm. stuff to do, but then anything to do with the UK or how <laughs> anything actually works here is already another mystery that she has to unravel. Yeah. Like the mundane side of it is like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Where do I have to go? What do I have to sign? What papers? So she's kind of trying to do those two things at the same time. Um, There's been a lot of like, Staring at paperwork and going, ah, <laughs> basically. You know when you're like, okay, I have the real life stuff and the weird mysteries. I'm like, I'm just going to push all this paperwork of like council <laughs> things up to the side and let's focus on the I, monsters. I hear if you put it under the doormat, then it does not exist. It goes away. <laughs> I the, think. The pixie's taken. This is what Briar said to me. <laughs> okay. That sounds good to me. I do have another question, actually, yes. Matt, about Gwen's sisters. They are still stuck in their crow form. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there's a, a small part of that tower that Gwyn has cleared just in case the crows decide to come visit. Yeah. So it's a sort of like informal rookery <laughs> and that's lovely. Yeah. And creepy. I don't I don't I don't, I don't know so if they gothic. would or not, but it's there ready for them if they want to They haven't yet. Okay. But it's okay. ready. It's God, there. I don't want a bunch of birds looking at me. Sad empty rookery. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. okay, they'll 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 make they'll make their way here, I'm sure. But are you sure that they actually got to Sheridan, though. Like, they got off the... I mean, like, sure, sure. I was a bit busy, you know, sort of, like, time, yes. space traveling. I think... I mean... Sh- yeah, I think so. Hmm. I mean, we could... Have we not... How much do we trust Calisterius and his ability to recollect things? Because... He, he he was on the he was on the train by, back right yeah he was helping and Jess and Jess yeah true true sorry the whole kid thing is just uh, I have a problem with trusting anything that comes out of her mouth at the moment but that's a me thing I realize that it's fine I mean you could always go find your well no I have sister. tried I have 
flown around and it's been very quiet. Oh. Where do you usually, like, where, I'm sorry, where do you usually hang out? The Morrigan wafts out of the tower window <laughs> to the Briarwood Forest. <laughs> yeah. Just some wafting. Yeah, do, I mean, how how fond are you of hiking? Like, it's a, I think it's a lovely weekly weekend activity. You could just start walking around the forest in No, sections. that's what I'm saying. I have done, um, well, oh. I, I, I wouldn't walk, I would fly. When ah. there are non, when there are mundane people about, I would obviously walk. But, you know, that's what, it's literally my job to look after that place. So I'm there quite a lot. Oh, right. <laughs> and gotcha. they would not. A raven and a crow land in Wynne's makeshift rookery. Speak of the literal devil. Not a devil. They're technically different. <laughs> Abominations that need to be destroyed. If you say so. Yes. Harper's just going to turn around and like, I'll just get a couple cups of tea. They hop down off the windowsill and both transform. <gasps> the crow into your sister Branwen mm-hmm. in modern dress. So. Ah. Sort of similar to how Gwyn looks when she's sort of going incognito, except a little more smart, a little more like woman about town. Okay. And the raven transforms into somebody that each of you recognises as something different. Interesting. Harper, you recognise this as a woman you've seen on flyers around town. Oh, there she is. (laughs) Of course. Boudicca Morgan, the mm. wild card candidate the mayorship of Sheridan. Need... As soon as Matt said yeah, it, Josh yeah, and I yeah. clocked each other yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You <laughs> don't need happening. to be a flake to work that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Gwyneth recognises this woman as the Morrigan. Which one? But one single aspect. And this is very wrong, Gwyneth. When the Morrigan is split as she has been of late, yeah. uh, when she is not of one mind... She splits and each of her three aspects can take the form only of a raven. Yeah. You can tell from your connection to the Morrigan, this is a single aspect, but she is taking a human form. Huh. Which aspect? So Gwyneth might might have different names for these. I have been thinking of the three aspects of Morrigan as the Hearth Mother, mm-hmm. the goddess of the Ring of Firelight and everything that sits within it, the Forest Hag the goddess of everything outside the Ring of Firelight, the witch in the woods who makes bargains, and the war chieftain, Mm -hmm. the goddess of battle and leading Mm -hmm. the clan Mm -hmm. against its enemies. I feel like we know which one this is. Yep. This this is the war chieftain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Who you know has been in the Ascendant of late, like she has been the one that has been sort of gaining in power, but to have got to this point where she can take human form without her sister's present. This is imbalance, the likes of which you've never seen. Yeah. Hello. Uh, well, well, welcome to my uh, my home. Uh, it's, um... We'll start, <laughs> like, passing with some papers. <clears throat> Would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> this is Harper. Ah, you have taken on retainers, Gwyneth. Oh, a, a, more of a, a colleague? The Morrigan gives you, Harper, a very intense stare. You feel that she's seeing to the core of you, and you see, is Sombra with you at the moment, or is Sombra off doing their own thing? I think they're probably off doing their own thing. She fully clocks the fact that you have no shadow right now, and doesn't seem phased by it, seems to just sort of 
like chucks her chin up like, yes, I understand what's going on here. I think Harper's like, sup. (laughs) Both of them uh, accept a tea. It's not very good, but... And uh, Boudicca Morgan, the Morrigan, takes whatever seems to be the the most prominent seat Mm -hmm. in the room, crosses her legs, sits back with her cup of tea. I have a task for you once again, Gwyneth. What can I do for you, my queen? Why don't you roll your move? Mm. The divine at the beginning of a mystery rolls boss from beyond. Yeah, <sighs> yeah there we go. Snake eyes. Oh, snake eyes. Of course, Lovely. we can't have a mystery without the Morgan getting involved and making it much harder for us. This is why I don't want to play with Nat anymore, Matt. We talked about this. <laughs> Gwyneth, I have determined that my route back to ascendancy in this world, to relevance and power is to lead this clan as the clan understands leadership. However, another stands in my way. Gwyneth, it is your task to remove this obstacle. Oh dear. The woman, the the mortal wizard, Jackie Dambuk, died this week at your hand. Alright, lovies. It's me, Matt, your compare. I hope you've all enjoyed this uninterrupted first act of Vigil, Chief Exec. There will now be an interval of two weeks, during which you can enjoy a backstage glimpse into our character creation process. As you'll see from your programmes, I've got no big announcements to make this week, but do stay tuned for the credits and the epilogue. Just before that, though, if you've enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy checking out The Monster's Playbook, another podcast running the role-playing game Monster of the Week. Here's The Monster's Playbook team now to give you a flavour of what they're all about. My name is Johnny. And I'm the host, executive producer, and prince of lies for The Monster's Playbook. What's The Monster's Playbook? It's an actual Play Monster of the Week podcast set in my hometown of Minneapolis, Minnesota, where no monster can hurt you as badly as you can hurt yourself. It's a character-focused adventure where you'll meet Kira Ashwood, a journalist with a cult past she's desperate to atone for, and a secret power hidden even from herself. Casey Davis, a taciturn secret agent becoming disillusioned with the agency she thought she could trust. Theo Nessos, a professional sorceress trying to escape the shadow of her powerful, magical family. And Mark Clayton, a pretty haunted introvert who just wants to make sense of his powers and all the weird things that keep happening to him. This is a show where danger could just as easily come from an otherworldly threat as from the fragile emotions that anchor our characters and bind them together. If you like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Dresden Files, or any city-set supernatural story with monstrous threats and messy feelings, check out The Monster's Playbook. New episodes every other Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
This has been Vigil, a main house production from Merely Role Players. It stars Natalie Winter as Winneth, Vicky as Renko, Marta da Silva as Harper, and Josh Yard as Ginny Greenteeth. I'm Matt Boothman and I play the supporting cast. Editing and sound design by me, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. Responding. Agent, this is Omission Control. You are being retasked effective immediately. Memorize these orders, then destroy the device. Lysint is reporting an increase in recall incidents. It's inconsistent. It appears the large majority of hazardous manifestation events remain under omission. But certain recent hazmans are confirmed to have breached the long-term memory block. Cause unconfirmed but the shift seems to coincide with the re-establishment of non-executive inter-realm transit. This is not a crisis yet, but if the situation continues to escalate... You are a capable man, Agent. Everyone we've been able to retain is, of necessity, capable. But, as a fellow pragmatist, I'm sure you would be among the first to confess that the omission effect does a large part of our work for us. Any threat to omission is a threat to this department's effectiveness, and I am inclined to take that rather personally. Riot control. And your orders. Investigate the cause of this alteration to omission. Find out why Valerie is still able to go about her business safely forgotten, while tongues are still wagging about the manifestation of the searing tongue in Sheridan nearly six weeks after the fact. And, to the best of your ability, bring the full omission effect back online. Copy that, Control. I have got to get out of this town.